This morning I have had intended to uh, finish out our From the Mount series, but I just feel inaudible being called, and the Lord wants us to go to a different section of Scripture this morning. Uh, If you give me just a moment, we're going to go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I don't mind when God decides he wants to call an audible on the service and go a different direction. I just feel this heavy on my heart this morning. Mark chapter 5, uh, let's see, starting in verse 24. T- verse 24. It's a pretty uh, section of Scripture. It's a story I think we've all heard before. But the Lord put it on my heart just during that last little bit of worship there that there's just some people that need to hear this this morning. And I don't know if we can get it on the screen or not. If not, I guess it's okay. I'm going to read it. And uh, it wasn't planned this way. But if you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of God's Word today. This isn't a planned out sermon. This is just something God's laid on my heart. We might be here for five hours. We might be here for five minutes. I don't know what the Lord has planned for this, but I just need to obey Him this morning. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 24. The Bible says, And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, but was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. God, I don't know exactly what you want to do today, but you do. So I just ask that you would guide us today through your word. Help me, Lord, to discern through your Holy Spirit what it is you want to say as we go today. God, we love you, and we thank you for what you are doing in this service today. Your presence is so sweet in this place and so strong. I feel you so strongly in this house today. God, I pray that you would just be with us the rest of the way. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Like I said, I don't have any preparation or anything for this. This is just a scripture that God put on my heart. Something I read earlier this week in my reading plan, I came through this and God brought it back to my remembrance and just now has said there are some people who need this story today. 
and it may be people who are sitting in this room, and it may be people who are going to sit in their car or uh, in their house and listen to it later. I don't know exactly, and this may be something that just has nothing to do with you today, but that's okay, but I know there's at least a few that need to hear this. And so we see in this story this woman who, like the Bible said, has suffered for 12 years, with this issue of blood. And the first thing God's pointed out to me in this is that she has spent all that she has, has suffered under many physicians. She has given up everything, tried everything, and nothing has helped, but instead has made everything worse. Everything got worse when she tried to do things with human hands with human methods. You see, I find many times that there are people, myself included, when we get into desperate situations, when we get into moments of great struggle and and tribulation, we like to try to do everything that we can think of to fix it. We like to take matters into our own hands. We like to fight the battle ourselves. We like to try in our own wisdom to come up with a solution to the problem. We will do everything and anything to come up with a way to solve the issue at hand. We will, we will ask other people. We will follow the advice of everyone else. And many times what ends up happening is the situation only grows to be worse Because it seems no matter how many times we try to dig ourselves out of the hole, no matter how many times we try these other physicians or whatever it is that you seek after to find some help or or whatever, it seems that instead of digging out of the hole, we just dig the hole even bigger. We just keep digging deeper, thinking that we're filling it in. And sometimes we think that we're filling in the area around us so that we can use that dirt to climb out. But the reality of it is, is we're just burying ourselves alive with no hope of escape. This woman has come to the end of herself. She has come to a point in life where she just, she does not know what else to do. She has so much going on inside of her. She's been bleeding out and having issues for 12 years. That is such a long time to suffer. See, sometimes we go on suffering so much longer than we really need to because uh, we've searched out all the wrong ways to deal with things. We've looked for all the other solutions of the physicians and spent all that we had for so long, and we've suffered needlessly. And so she now, the Bible tells us, it says that she heard the stories, she heard the tales, and she, she heard about this Jesus. She heard the reports that he had healed, that he had helped people. And in her mind and in her spirit, she got within herself and said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, If I could just get close enough to just get the slightest touch of the cloak that he wears, I can be healed because if he can heal everybody else by touching them and and just speaking to them, she goes, surely there's enough power in him that I don't have to have all of him. I don't have to stop everything he's doing, but if I can just get close enough to touch him intentionally, then I can be made well. 
So by this faith, she goes out. I just, I imagine this story. If she's going out, she knows that Jesus is coming through. And, and all around him is this crowd of people that are just wanting to get a glimpse of Jesus, to see who this guy is that everybody's talking about, to see what's going on. And then in this crowd, you have, you actually in this story have two desperate people. There is another uh, desperate situation in this story with a man named Jairus whose daughter is sick and is dying, and he has come to Jesus himself himself to get help. And so you have these two desperate people that are doing everything they can to get to him, but in the middle of all of this, there is this crowd that keeps thronging and pressing up against Jesus. And, and Jesus is trying to get to Jairus' house, and this woman is trying to get to Jesus, and there's all this chaos going on. And what I find interesting here in this is the difference between the crowd and the woman, and even the difference between the crowd and Jairus. You see, the crowd's motivation is just to get a glimpse of Jesus, maybe to accidentally bump into him and brush shoulders with him, to just kind of see what all the, the fuss is about. They're not really there for any intentional reason they're not there to just truly get to Jesus and touch him. They're like, what is this all about? They're just observers of Christ. And we have people in this story who are trying to experience Christ. When I say that, it makes me think about the church. It makes me think about God's people. And how in every Sunday service, there are people who are absolutely desperate to touch Jesus. People who have issues that have been going on for years and years and years that they just don't know how to deal with anymore. And the reason they come into the house of God is to touch the hem of Christ's garment to be healed and to be made well. But then there are other people who come into a church who are just like the crowd and are only there to catch just this glimpse of him, just to kind of see what's going on and check things out. And, and, and I find it interesting that the way we experience Christ is so dependent on our intention with him. You see, the crowd, if, if they experience Christ and they are, are touched by him or they touch him and they, they make contact with him, their, their situation is not because they were intentional about it. Their situation is they weren't actively trying to touch him. They were just trying to check things out. Their, their, their experience with Christ is all based on their proximity and incidentally touching him. They happened to be in the same place he was, and because of the proximity and how close quarters the, the streets were, they accidentally would bump into him. But you have this woman, and you even have Jairus, who in the midst of all of this is so actively seeking Christ to experience him that it doesn't matter what the proximity is. It's not about how far away they are because they've already made up in their minds, no matter what it takes, I'm going to get to Jesus. 
No matter what I have to push through, no matter who I have to fight against to get to him, I am going to get to him because I have to get to him. I need him in my life. And you see where the crowd kind of bumps into Jesus by accident and because they happen to be there, they are touching Jesus because they have to. It doesn't matter how close they are. It doesn't matter what their proximity is. It doesn't matter. In their mind, they have no choice but to get to Jesus. It's their only option. They have made up that whatever it takes, I'm going to get to him. And I just, I see that reflected even in the church today. We see people that, oh, church was great. Our presence of the Lord was so sweet and wonderful in the house. Was it sweet and wonderful to you because you did everything you could to press in and get to him? Or was it sweet and wonderful because you just so happened to be in the same place he was and you just bumped shoulders with him? There is a major difference. See, we bump shoulders with Christ and we get a little goose bump and a little chill here and there. We might feel a little good about ourselves and feel a little refreshing in our lives. But that happens just because God's presence is is so sweet in and of itself. And I find that when we are part of a crowd and we have the crowd mentality, if you will, what ends up happening is we, we have this complacency and we are satisfied with just getting a glimpse, just kind of seeing what's going on. We, we get satisfied with just that little goosebumpy feeling, that wonderful, refreshing peace, only to walk back into a mess the next day. But when you are more like this woman or even Jairus, you have this different mentality and you have a different experience than what the crowd has. Because you're not just seeking to get a glimpse and just to see and just to feel encouraged that someone so great would kind of enter into the city or the church, if you will, and, and not just trying to catch a little glimpse of him. You have this intention in your heart that if I do not touch him, if I do not experience him, I am not going to make it. I think sometimes we would all be benefited from some desperate situations. And I'm not saying I want people to suffer. I'm just saying that sometimes suffering is the only thing that will ever drive us to Christ. It's the only thing that changes us from another face in the crowd to somebody who is intentionally and actively seeking after Christ. And I wonder sometimes if the reason we're always in desperate situations is because we have the crowd mentality and we, we get our little bump on the bumps, goosebumps on the neck and we feel a little chill and we feel good and we feel a little bit refreshed and then Monday comes and we have a bad Monday. Nobody likes Mondays. And and you get into Tuesday and now the week is just already shot because Monday was already bad and you're wondering why it went so bad. In 48 hours. You're wondering why things are just the same. Why things are never changing. Why it's the same old, same old routine and and nothing seems to be getting better. What if it had to do with your intentions when you stepped into the house of God? What if it had to do with your intentions when you woke up on Monday morning and instead of 
setting, hitting the snooze 17,000 times with 56 different times set for your alarm. We got up the first time and we went to a prayer closet and sought after Christ. What would happen that instead of turning on the TV and watching our favorite show, eating our favorite snack, doing something totally mindless so that we can forget the stresses of the day, that we were intentionally seeking after Christ, trying to touch the hem of His garment every day. There is something special that happens with intentional faith. But sometimes we don't get to intentional faith without desperate faith. I need to write this down. I'm going to listen to this recording later and save it for myself for another time because we need this. You see, when we get intentional about seeking after Christ and touching the hem of His garment, you see, it's it's so interesting to me that it doesn't even always take the full embrace. It's not like, it's it's just this interesting thing that this this desperate mentality this woman had. She said, "I if I can't get all of him, if I can just get a piece of him. What does that say, one, about this woman's faith, but two, about the power of Christ? Is that she had such a severe situation that only ever got more severe And that all she needed was just to touch the hem of his garment. She didn't need a fistful. She didn't need to grab onto it. She just needed to brush against it. What does that say about her understanding and belief in Christ for all things? Do we have that kind of faith towards Christ in our circumstance? Do we really truly believe that it... He doesn't even need to really fully embrace it. He, all we need is just, do we have that kind of faith that all we need is just a touch of his garment, just the hem of his garment, the very end piece of it, not even grabbing all of it. Do we really have enough faith in Christ's power that, would, that we really believe that is all it takes? Or do we feel like that maybe Christ himself isn't even adequate? in all of his fullness. Because I find that when we are in a position, and now we get to give this woman some grace because she probably did all of this stuff with the physicians and and spent all she had before she ever heard about Christ. But we have the benefit of knowing him and knowing who he is now. And so, so when we say that, are we really having the faith in Christ or are we going and trying to do all these other things first that are tangible, that we can see, that we can actually have a face-to-face, eye-to-eye conversation with somebody or something or something we can hold in our hand or or touch? Are we doing all of those things first and then saving Christ as the last resort? Or are we making Christ the first plan of action? It's really quiet in here this morning. Because here's the reality of it. Saving Christ for last only ever made this woman suffer more. Now granted, we, like I said, we give her some grace because she probably did not know better. 
She probably did not know any better because she hadn't heard of him yet, but now we don't get that excuse. Do we seek him first? Or do we save him as the last resort? She was so desperate, so hungry for healing, that she did whatever it took. She made a spectacle of herself in front of the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be obnoxious spectacles within a church, but there are times when you have to really forget about what the crowd might think about you, and you just need to get to the altar. People are going to talk But are you going to allow the opinion of man to prevent you from experiencing the power of God? Man, I need to take notes while I'm preaching this this morning. There there is a point in time where we have to understand that people are going to talk. People are going to wonder what's wrong. But there are other people within the crowd who understand I wonder how many people were in that crowd that maybe got healed that we don't even know about. You see, the Bible tells us that Jesus did more miracles than any amount of books could ever contain. We just get some of the highlight reel. I wonder if there was people in that crowd that followed him that day because they just wanted more of him because they'd already experienced him in his fullness. I'm just using my imagination here today, but I believe that if we have a little bit of insight into this, we would be shocked to see how many people received a healing or received something from Christ and experienced Him enough that they wanted to follow Him the rest of their life. I I think we would be surprised at how many people were motivated to follow Him in that crowd that day for that reason. And they were people that although there was others in the crowd said, this woman is crazy, that others said, no, we totally get it. So you have to allow the voices of those who understand to be louder than the voices of, uh, of those who don't. Because you see, the people who don't understand are probably sitting there suffering in their mess, wishing they could get what you're experiencing, but they don't have the fortitude to step out of the crowd to be willing to have some humility and admit that they need God. They're still relying on the physicians. And we got to get to a point where we don't really care what other people think. Or even if we do care, we don't let it stop us. Because there comes a point in time when people who talk are only... You, you never see a billionaire criticize somebody for starting a business. You never see somebody who's in great shape criticize somebody who's not when they start working out. You'll never see that because people don't criticize somebody unless they're doing better than them. 
Because we have it in our human mind that, oh no, somebody's doing better than me. Somebody else is receiving their breakthrough. Somebody else is receiving their deliverance. And I don't have mine yet. I'm, I'm just as out of shape or I'm just as poor. And I, don't, I haven't decided to start a business. I haven't decided. And, and we will criticize them and we will make judgments on them. But in reality, they're the ones that are going to attain what they're going for. If they need a breakthrough, they'll get it because they went to the off to the altar where you are going to miss it because you'd rather sit there and criticize them than get on on your knees and pray with them and for them. The Bible says, mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. We would much rather mourn with those who mourn because sometimes us mourning along somebody makes us feel alongside somebody makes us feel better about ourselves. I feel like I'm starting to get into some people's business. We'd rather mourn with somebody than rejoice with somebody because mourning elevates our pride that says, oh, look, they suffer just like I do, and they are even suffering worse. I don't feel so bad about myself. But when it comes time to rejoice with somebody who received their breakthrough and to celebrate with them or even just to get down and pray with them, we won't do that. We'd rather be just in the crowd criticizing. But you see, this woman on this day received everything that she went after with God. Everything she went after with Him. All the healing she needed was received that day. Because she didn't allow the crowd to stop her. I find it interesting that in the midst of this, you know, Jesus stops. He's on his journey to Jairus' house. And yes, I am aware of what time it is, but we're not done yet. I said five minutes or five hours. It's not been five hours yet. That in the midst of Jesus on, on his way to Jairus' house, stops and said, somebody touched me. So and the disciples are like, well, of course somebody touched you. Do you not see the crowd? Everybody's bumping into you. He said, no, there is something different about this one. You see, we can be part of the crowd that just bumps into Jesus all the time. But there is something special that captures the attention of God of when the heart of a person is intentional to get to him. There is special attention that Christ will give to a person and heart that is dead set on getting to Him. And I know God, we look in Scripture, God is not partial towards any man, but, I, but there's a lot of other deeper things with that that we're talking about. But I think God will stop and take time with somebody and will give them the attention. It's not that he's playing favorites. It's that he's saying, you need something. You are intentionally trying to get after me. Everybody else has the same opportunity you do. I'm equal across the board. But you're the only person that's taken the time to reach out and touch me. And there's something special that happens when we are that person. You see, God's not playing favorites and blessing somebody else and deciding not to bless you. And you may be saying, I've been praying for this for months. Well, maybe the person who finally got their breakthrough has been praying for years. Sometimes intentionality takes a little bit of time. 
She's been suffering for 12 years, hoping and believing that someday she was going to get better. She just didn't know Jesus yet. And so we'll judge other people's breakthrough. And so Jesus takes time with her. It's funny that when we are intentional to get to Christ, Christ is intentional to come be with us. Scripture tells us, He says, if you seek with me with your whole heart, seek with me and you will find me. When we go after Him, He comes and He meets right with us. And, and I, I find it interesting, you know, like I just mentioned, sometimes we get frustrated because we're also trying to get a breakthrough and we see this other person. Jay Iris was probably that person. He was probably like, what are you doing stopping with this woman? We're already on the way. To, my daughter is dying. We got to go. we trying to hurry things along. And Jesus says, hold on a second. This woman touched me. I need to take time with her. Not realizing the infinite power that Christ had that he can touch anybody and everybody, and it doesn't matter the timeline on when he gets there. So we need to stop worrying about other people and judging our breakthrough based on somebody else's breakthrough and just keep being intentional about pursuing Christ. The last part of this story we see, this woman came, it's in uh, verse 33, says, But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before Christ and told him the whole truth. Why would she come in with fear and trembling? A lot of times we read this story and we think it's just because the power of God was so strong in her that she was so afraid. But the reality of it is in this time, it, she was considered unclean. And for her to touch someone who was clean was a huge no-no. Because by default, the person who got touched and made contact with the unclean person became ceremonially unclean themselves. Which is interesting because that's what I was going to preach on this morning about Christ fulfilling the whole law. And I guess we're going to cut the corner of it just a little bit here this morning. And we need to understand something that there is nothing too messy and too dirty and too jacked up and too broken that Christ is unwilling and unable to touch. Most people, most of the other priests and Pharisees at that time probably wouldn't have even put hands on her to pray for her because they didn't want to become unclean themselves. But you see, when nobody else is willing to touch you and be with you and spend time with you and help you through it, there is a God who will. Where you may think you are alone, there is a God who will reach down from heaven and say, you're not too unclean for me. In fact, it's the opposite effect where normally she would touch him and he would be unclean. The opposite happened because he was the fulfillment of all the law. He was the one who makes us and washes us white as snow and his blood is the blood that purified her dirty, messed up, unclean blood. Only, the only thing that ever happened to it was it was made clean by him. You see, sometimes 
when we deal with other people, we have that risk of it just becoming an even more messy situation because getting other people involved isn't always the wisest decision. Sometimes there are things that God wants us to deal with between Him and us. But you see, there is nothing, nothing that we can do that would make God say, I'm not touching that. In fact, it's the opposite because He knows that He created every fiber of our being. He knew the situation before you ever got into the situation. And He is not standing in heaven saying, oh, they are so messed up, I can't even deal with that. He's saying, no, they are so messed up, please come to me. You see, by Jesus just showing up in this town that day, it was an open invitation. The problem was is most of the crowd didn't know how to hit accept on the invite. All we have to do to accept the invitation is just be intentional and have a heart that is desperate for him. I'm getting ready to wrap this thing up this morning, but I need us to understand something today. Is that this this desperate pursuit, this intentional pursuit of Christ isn't a Sunday only thing. Although Sunday is a great place to start and it is a great place to work on it. But you really want to pursue Christ and you really want to touch the hem of his garment, do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday too. If you're really that desperate and you really are that in need of Christ in your life, you wouldn't stop on Sunday. If Sunday's the only day that we pursue him, then that tells me something about us and the crowd that we're really not that different. Because bumping into Jesus is a Sunday-only experience, but intentionally seeking to touch the hem of his garment is a Monday through Saturday as well. And so I think some of us need to just touch the hem of his garment today, and I think there's others of us that need to evaluate where we stand when Jesus is walking by. Are we part of the crowd, or are we going to be like this woman who just wanted to touch the hem of his garment? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes today?